Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wine Chats. I hope you guys are having a good week and a good start to your Monday. Um, today, my friend Tanya is with me. And this is like a special episode because we are in different states. I'm in California. She's in Pennsylvania. So we have two different wines. Um, the wine that I am drinking today is called Italia Roscato Dark. So it's a dark red blend. So it's a little more bitter compared to other ones that I've been drinking. Um this bottle says that it's a pretty traditional wine in Italy. And yeah, I really like it because I like, you know, more of a bitter wine. But you guys should definitely try it out. Tanya, what are you drinking? Hi, everyone. So I'm drinking Prosecco. Prosecco. Ooh. So it is a sparkly wine. It is extra dry, which I usually don't drink. I had to look up what you can eat it with because the bottle doesn't give you much. But apparently you can eat it with sweet foods like macaroons or sweet popcorn or any sweet treats that you'd like. Um, so that's something new. I never tried this um, wine before. So we'll see. I haven't tried mine either because I got this one for my birthday. So I've been saving it. So let's Look try it. Us. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I like mine. Do you like yours? I like mine too. It's is not it as actually dry, dry as I expected it to be? It is actually okay. wine, white sparkly wine. Oh, I think Pretty okay. Nice. I like those wines, but it kind of hurts my stomach when it's too sparkly. You know what I'm it's saying? It's not as sparkly as I thought. Okay, okay. No, mine's like yeah. straight up like dry bitter, but it's just so good. I like when I drink those at night because if I can't mm-hmm. sleep and you just like dude one of those or drink and one, then of knock them, out. Yeah, you literally knock out. Yeah, this one was a little bit spicy. spicy. You know when you take a shot and the shot is spicy? Oh, like <laughs> fireball? Yes. Nice. Yes. Very nice. Okay, everyone. So I really want um, Tanya, or I wanted Tanya on my podcast because she's a dear friend of mine. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Tanya? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Tanya. I am Esther's friend. We met in Spain in Alicante when we studied abroad in 2019, and we've been friends since. Mm-hmm. And I um, I live in Pennsylvania. Yes. And so I I have visited Tanya before. And then she recently came to California. And we hung out a bit in LA, which was fun. But, okay, tell us your quote, Tanya. So this quote was also on my graduation cap. Um, and it was in Spanish. It was, Donde la vida te plante florece con gracia, which translates to where life plants you bloom with grace. I think it resonates with me and my life very much because I feel like wherever I've been placed, I've taken advantage of every opportunity given to me. Um, being an immigrant, coming from immigrant parents and parents who didn't go to go to college, um, I felt the need to always do more. So that's something that resonates with me. I'm working on being planted and just watering my plant little by little right now instead of giving it too much water so it doesn't go bad. Preach. <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. Good, yes. I feel like I'm on the same boat. Tanya actually already graduated like a week ago, was it? The uh, the 30th of May. Yes, and then I'm graduating this weekend. Yes, and so, Yes, I feel like we're both in similar stages of life, so that really resonates with me as well. But a reason I wanted to bring Tanya onto the podcast is, like I said, she's a dear friend of mine, but I really wanted to talk about your culture because Tanya is my only friend who is Dominican. Can you believe that? 
Yes. I like, that's special. crazy. That's an honor. <laughs> yes, but I wish I had, like, more friends who were Dominican. But, yeah, it, yeah. it's pretty It's pretty special because you're the only one. So, because I'm honestly mostly surrounded by, like, Mexican people, mm-hmm. tell my audience, my listeners, about your culture, how you grew up, when you came to the U.S. Go mm-hmm. ahead. All right, so my family, my mother and my siblings, I have an older sister and a younger brother. We came to America in 2010 um, from DR. I was born and raised there in Bonao. So look it up if you'd like to. We're right in the center of the country. I grew up, I had a pretty amazing childhood, I would say. Um, not, we never missed anything. We didn't ever miss food on the table. We had a home, we had an education. And I'm grateful for my parents for all of that, especially my dad. He was here in America working to be able to provide for us. And um, in 2010, finally, we came to America where we moved in Long Island for five years. It was very expensive. Um, I was surrounded by my family. We lived in a very tight apartment. Um, It was like a studio apartment, one bedroom. So we kind of upgraded from that when we moved to PA, where we now live in a home and everybody has their own space which is something that it's unheard of in a Latino family. Like personal Mm -hmm. space is not a thing. I'm sure you can relate. So (laughs) that I was really grateful for that, that my parents were able to find us at home, that everybody had their own individual space. And I feel like that's when I started to flourish, you know, Um, my culture, Dominican people. I don't know how to put this in English. Like there is no way for me to just speak about DR in English. It's impossible, but I'm going to try. Um, we are very loud people in every sense of the word. <laughs> We're loud by the way we speak, the way we express ourselves, the way we do things, the way we eat, the way we dance. Um, and when I say loud, I don't mean just by noise, but by the way we do things. Like I'm very passionate about my art, for example. And I show my loudness through my paintings or through my drawings. My sister, she's loud dancing like you have to watch her because it's so inviting um my culture in dr people are very mm, i don't know how to put it we're very humble we're very humble to be able to meet new people um and we welcome anyone and everyone to our homes yes so i I can testify to that because i (laughs) went to your home and her family cooks amazing you guys are very lively people And I feel like the whole, like, loudness, like, what you're saying, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's because I'm also Latina where I understand what you're saying. But I think, how do you feel? Because in the past, you've told me that a lot of people take it as, like, you're being, you're coming off, like, too strong. Like, how do you respond to that? I How do you respond to that? At first, I would be offended. But then I realized that not everyone gets to meet my culture. Not everyone gets to come across people like me. I am. I do have a very strong personality. Like I can come off as strong. I express myself very strongly. I curse a lot. And that's because I don't feel like I have any attachment to the words in English. Like I would never curse in Spanish. Like never. I would never. <laughs> you, so you will never catch me cursing in Spanish. But in English, like I say the bad words because they kind of express my passion for things better. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. So in college, my, my first roommate, she was not Latina. <laughs> she was white. And I was 
I was loud. I was passionate. I was strong with my words and she just couldn't do it. And she left and I thought it was me. And I realized that it wasn't and it couldn't have been. It just wasn't for her. And she needed someone more quiet, someone who could be more chill with her. And I wasn't chill. I was my, I was the first to leave my house and dorm. So I needed to be loud and I needed to make myself present because I was always the one left behind being like mm-hmm. learning English and coming from privileged school in Long Island where everybody has a status and I didn't just because I didn't speak English or I wasn't born here so I felt the need to be loud and she just was not with it so she left <laughs> and then I had wait, a that's roommate so it's okay. wait did she did she move out like did she request to be moved out yeah she moved actually to the honors building which um it's like completely quiet uh-huh. all day all like 24 hours of the day but I guess it was for the better because I got a roommate um, who was Dominican like me. We cleaned every Saturday and we played really loud music and we ate a lot of food and I felt at home. So it was nice. It was a good change moving from home to school and having her as a roommate. Dang. Dude, I yeah. didn't know that she moved out. But yeah, like you said, it probably <laughs> did work out for the best. And yeah. dude, this is kind of interesting because I think that I kind of feed off of people's energy like if I'm with people who are kind of quiet like I'll Mm -hmm. also kind of be quiet but when I'm around you I feel like very balanced like you and I can have like a deep conversation but then I'll be like I don't even know what we will be saying but we just kind of go like crazy (laughs) like children yes (laughs) I feel like everyone needs to have a balance though and I, I had to learn to do that as I learned the language I learned more about myself and how I can switch moods really quickly um so I think same thing like I'm feeding off your energy you're more calm than I am but I'm giving you all my craziness and you give me some of your craziness and we just find a balance in between and that's I think that's why we stayed friends for so long yeah it's just so interesting because also when we studied abroad everybody um me Tanya and then Jenny who also Mm -hmm. like we all lived in the same apartment we literally were the only Latinas in our group. Yes. And so it's so crazy that they put us together because, I mean, honestly, it could have been with some of the other girls, mm-hmm. but it just like worked out. And yeah, like she said, we're friends to this day. But I have a question, Tanya. Um, yeah. You were mentioning that you weren't born in, in the U.S., which meant mm-hmm. that you came here later in your childhood. And how old were you when you moved here? I was, I was 10. I was I remember the day we came October 28th, 2010, and I was turning 11 in November 9th. 11. That's, yeah. that is so crazy because you hear people like with their families um, coming to the U.S., but they're like babies and, you know, they don't remember their life in whatever country they, they were born in. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was that for you? Like you already kind of knowing your place in DR and then coming here. Um, I was, let me tell you something. I'm very smart in Spanish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm really smart in Spanish. I didn't, I never did second grade. So they, I skipped a grade in DR. So I was like a 10 year old in sixth grade, which I guess it's a huge thing here. I didn't understand why. So, um, turning 11, going to seventh grade, they held me back a grade and I felt it was like a slap to my face, like all the work that you did, all the things that you did in school to excel and do good. It just all went downhill, you know, but I don't think I think it was for the better. 
I, I had more time to learn and more time to be able to familiarize myself with the culture, with the school, with the system and everything. And because I was placed in an ESL program, which is an English student learner program, um, I was with students who had also moved from DR or from any other country mm. near. Um, we all spoke Spanish and we were all learning together. Um, I realized recently um, by a friend of mine, we were actually in the same class together, that we were placed with the, spe the special kids, which in America, special means you have a disability, you have, um, what would you call it? Yeah. Any learning disability, you yeah. have all of those things. And we were placed with them. So everything we did together. Um, and it didn't come to mind until now I'm done with school. And I'm like, they really consider us as specials just because we didn't speak the language. Whoa. So I guess because I was placed with people with similar cultures, similar values as me, and we were all in the same boat, it was a little bit easier for me to transition than it was for my sister who was older. Mm. And also being younger, um, I immersed myself a lot in the culture with everything that I did. A lot of Disney Channel. Good luck, Charlie. You know what I mean? <laughs> shake it up. Shake it up or whatever. Um, so I I kind of taught myself a lot of the things that I know now. I also used to go to this university in Long Island. 11, 12 years old. I would take a bus every Saturday morning with my friend Wendy. And we would go and learn more English because Whoa. it was needed. So that's crazy. I, was, I think that's something that. I've always had, like, like I told you before, like with my quote, where I'm planted, I try to bloom with grace. And that's what I try to do since I was young. And I feel that's a talent of mine not being, even though I'm scared, I'm not fearful of what could happen. Yeah. So just throwing myself out there and doing all those things helped me a lot. So my transition wasn't as bad as I would say would be for my sister or for anyone else who's older than me that came to the country. That is amazing dude like I give you so much props because I growing up I always stayed in the same place I grew up in Santa Ana I went to mm -hmm. the same schools as everyone okay so like elementary middle school high school we went together um and then I literally moved when I went off to college and yes. my college is only like an hour away but with traffic like maybe two three mm -hmm. and so that is amazing like the way that you were able to like adapt and stuff like that um what is, like, one thing you miss about living in DR, though? The, uh, just being a kid, being able to just live. I don't think that's a thing in America. I feel like everybody here is with a purpose of making money and finding a job and paying bills and having all these things, like, material things. It's, yeah. This is a very materialistic country. So just having or being grateful for everything around me I miss the most, like being able to wake up a Saturday morning and go to the river with my cousins. That's yeah. something I can't do here. Like we would have to drive an hour or two to reach one and we can't even go inside because it's so cold. So yeah. having the flexibility of just going outside or taking a nap after we eat lunch, I miss that, honestly. Dang. Yeah, well, I have yet to visit. You will office. with me one day. <laughs> no, Soon, yeah, hopefully. Sure. No, whenever I go, it's for sure going to be with you because, hello. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Do you want to say anything else about your culture, like maybe your favorite dish? Okay. Uh, my favorite dish is pastelon, which um, for those who do not know, I will describe it as Dominican lasagna. Oh, but... I tried it. <laughs> yes, she has. 
but it's not pasta. It's plantain or yellow plantain. So it's sweet and savory and a little bit of salty. So there's mm-hmm. meat, there's layers of meat, cheese, and then plantain. So you have to smash it. Um, it is my favorite dish ever. Like any celebration that we have and somehow I'm part of it, my mom makes that for me. Um, and it has been my favorite dish since I was little, I think. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope you liked it when you I it. loved it. I was about to say that. Okay, so when we went to Spain, everybody, she made it. I think it was like the last week. We oh, I did Spain. make it there. Yeah. It was so good. That's all That's- I have to say. That wasn't even with the Dominican seasonings. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Well, yeah, something about DR that I would like people to know is um, don't feed off the stereotypes. What are the stereotypes? Okay. The big, the big, very big one is every Dominican smokes hookah. (laughs) I do not. It's not even true. Like, I don't even, I don't even smoke at all. And it bothers me because that's what people think of DR when they say, oh, she's Dominican. She must smoke. She has to smoke hookah. She's loud. Like, those are the first things. And we're not just loud by the way we speak. Like, we have to be loud when your mom is yelling at you from across the house and you're in your neighbor's <laughs> house. Okay, so thank you so much, Tanya, for sharing about your country, your culture. It's really interesting and I can't wait to go. But transitioning to some a topic that has nothing to do with dr um is about girls struggling with their periods because let's let's talk girl talk right now we all have our periods well if you're a female but some of us have it a little harder than others and i know tanya you struggle a lot with your period (laughs) yes yes tell me tell me okay well um, there's no easy way to put this, but I do be dying. Um, like <laughs> Wait, she month. actually dies. Like, I literally you die and come die. back to life. It is the craziest thing. So <laughs> to give you more context on that, I've struggled with my period since I started my period, um, where I literally pass out, I throw up, I faint. So all of the above, all of that, all you can think of literally because of pain. Um, something that I've come to terms with my period is that I just need to watch how I eat, watch how I sleep so I can balance the pain. That way I'm not passing out every month. Um, It's something that I've struggled with for a while. And all right. So I started my period when we moved to America in 2010. I think it was or or 2011. It was one or the other, but I was still 11. Me too. That's crazy. Like it, there are girls who are getting it at nine right now and I'm really shook by that yeah but bodies all bodies are different so I did start it when I was 11 I don't remember exactly when I started having really bad periods because it's been so long but I it had to be when I was around 13 14 or so because I was still living in in Long Island and I remember my little brother who's 13 now every time I would get my period he would know to give me a bucket and a blanket for me to throw up and for me to cover myself after I throw up I would pass out so then my mom would just prepare me some soup or something and I'll be okay so like I would pass out for a little while and that was me dying after like my body just like went into complete shock that's Um, crazy dude yeah so it it has gotten better um I'm gonna tell you all this I do not trust doctors in America I feel like their first response to struggles is medication 
and more medication and more medication. And yeah. I've come, I come from El Campo. So our way of doing healthy things is to take of what God gave us and take from our environment and take from our gardens. And that's why I drink a lot of tea. And when, let me see, when I was 16, they try to give me birth control. They try to give it to me. And I even went and I picked it up and I took two or three pills and I couldn't do it. I just like, it was just messing up my hormones even more. And then in 2018, I believe I went to see a doctor in DR and the exact same day I saw a doctor that did an ultrasound for my ovaries. They told me that I had cysts in my ovaries, which is something that they failed to tell me here in America. After going for an ultrasound at seven in the morning, like I had to drink three bottles of water because they, they don't do the work. Like you have to put in the work. Um, and they didn't tell me at all what I had. So they, they told me in DR, then this doctor gave me medication and I was in a treatment for two months and my period got super good. I just bled and moved on with my life. There was no fainting. There was no struggles. I had mild pain, but it wasn't as bad as it was before. Obviously, after I stopped taking these medications, it did get rid of the cyst in my ovaries, but the pain came back and we're back to square one. So there was that. Try to go to the doctor here. I tried to explain my situation. They just wanted to give me birth control. And I just couldn't accept that because I knew that there were other options for me. So really quick, a question. They want to give you birth control Mm -hmm. because your period is irregular or because of like the extreme pain that you feel? Both. Both. Okay. Because, yeah, I remember in Spain when I first met you, you told Jenny and I, you were like, you guys, like, my period is so bad. Um, <laughs> I think you even passed out on the tram, which is like a train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't believe you until you, like, passed out. That's when I was like, whoa, like, she's like serious because I hear so many times from girls, like, you know, my period is so bad and blah, blah, blah. I just didn't know how extreme yeah. your symptoms were. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was a scary time. I think I passed out for two minutes because I passed out like as soon as I got into our stop and then it got to the second stop. And there was a girl from my class that actually helped me. She was from Poland. I remember her. Her name is Marisa. And this other lady, she gave me water. She gave me something sweet because that's your blood pressure goes down. That's why you pass out. Mm-hmm. And I felt really embarrassed, you know, and I shouldn't feel ashamed of that because I obviously don't have any control of it other than doing my part, which I had been doing. And I feel like in Spain, we lived a little bit más tranquila, like, yeah. no, not as many stressful situations as we would have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just happened to pass out in a train full of people in a tram. And this girl was like willing to go with me to the hospital. And I was just like, no, it's fine. It's okay. Um, and to her, it was just like, but it's not okay. And I'm like, no, this is normal for me. So it, it was that moment that I realized, like, it's not normal, you know? Yeah. Like, the fact that there are people surrounding me because I'm passed out in a train. Like, and it happened so quick because I, in my head, I'm looking at this lady and I'm like, I'm going to ask her to let me sit there because I'm not feeling well. And I didn't even get the chance to do that. Yeah. I think what's crazy to hear, like, your experience is that like this happens to you every single month and so you Mm -hmm. expect it and like you prepare for it the way you were saying that your brother like you know knows what to give Mm -hmm. you and he knows when you're like gonna get it and stuff Mm -hmm. and that is just not a lifestyle that I want for you (laughs) (laughs) me either (laughs) tell me about it 
So we're trying to fix that right now. Um, I have a doc, a new doctor who is also my sister's doctor. Um, and I'm having surgery on Monday um, in my vagina. We use big words because we are adults here. Exactly. Um, in vagina, it's inside if you know your body parts. So to just give you a little bit of explanation of what it is, it is called a diagnostic laparoscopy and fulguration of endometriosis. So might possibly have that. So to explain what a laparoscopy is, so yes. um, it's a surgical diagnostic procedure, um, which is used to examine the organs inside the abdomen. So they're going to cut an incision inside my belly button and then where your ovaries are placed, like, you know, two little cuts. So it's going to be three in total. Um, and they're going to fill me up with air and check stuff inside. And then the fulguration of endometriosis means that they are going to be cutting out visible areas of endometriosis or burning them out. So if it is present, they're going to be doing one of the other. Um, if it is too close to my ovaries, my fallopian tubes, or my... Um, Como se dice la vejiga? Um, where you hmm. hold your waist. Like your pelvis or Yeah, where you hold your waist for the pee-pee. Oh, like your bladder. Yes, if it's close to my bladder, they're not going to touch any of that. Um, which would be very bad. Because I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with endometriosis. But there are four stages of it. And a lot of them, they affect the ovaries and affect women being able to have kids or not so hopefully I don't have it and hopefully it's just a quick thing they're going to put me to sleep and hopefully I wake up mm. yeah and so <laughs> I honestly I'm going to be praying for you thank but, you okay so me oh my gosh I don't think I've seen it right <laughs> exactly so this can be the possible reason for your pain and right. your okay and so let's say that they don't find what they're looking for like are they going to give you medication for pain or is this supposed to go away um we'll see um hopefully i don't know it, it's it's kind of a trial and error kind of thing like we're gonna go check if it's there we'll get rid of it if we can if we can't too bad kind of thing and it's just the medicine in america but if it is more than that and if i do have endometriosis god forbid and it is an area so they cannot touch I'm definitely going to go see a doctor in DR. Yeah. Because um, I know for sure that they will be able to help me. And they'll be able to find a solution, a, a permanent solution at least, or something that I can continue to take without damaging anything else in my body. Yeah. Do you know Do you know why um, this happens? Or like how um, endometriosis? I, I am not saying this correctly. Endometriosis. Yes. I, I'm you so know familiar with the word. That's why I know it so well. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well comes from family it's like genetics genetics i believe um it could be many things i don't really know let's mm. see let's look it up on google because oh okay okay yes endometriosis happens when tissue familiar to the lining of the inside of the uterus or womb grows outside of the uterus or womb <laughs> where it doesn't belong ah. so endometriosis growths may swell and bleed in the same way the lining inside of your your uterus does every month during your uh, menstrual period. So pretty much you're getting a second period, but worse. Whoa. So to give you a mental picture of it, 
think of your uterus and then mm, you know how um how do i put this i'm not sure <laughs> let's say Everyone you have sand like sand when it gets stuck to your feet Mm-hmm. like that but the sand is endometriosis and it's stuck to your uterus and your ovaries and your everything else ow yeah see uncomfortable sand is uncomfortable <gasps> same thing dude that's crazy yeah if you if anyone here listening has like <laughs> issues with periods or like you're getting like extreme symptoms or whatever you should definitely see a doctor because yeah. I honestly like my periods are pretty they're, they've always been normal I've never really had an issue besides, like, the typical symptoms, but my sister has always had extreme pain. Like, I remember when she was in high school, she would not go to school Yeah, because she was, like, in extreme, extreme pain. And then I have a lot of friends as well who, like, have similar experiences as you, Tanya, and it's just Mm -hmm. crazy because, like, this is, like, your body, and it's something you experience every month, and so I feel like I'm still learning a lot about, like, my body as a female and my period Mm -hmm. and all these good things and so I think it needs to be talked about more I know there's like a lot of books these days like Barnes and Nobles and whatever literally like whatever bookstore um they literally have like authors who are writing more about this because it comes to a point I know we're still young and like we don't even want kids right now but this all affects your like future motherhood experience yeah and And mentally too yeah yeah like I can't imagine because that's part of like I don't know, like your, like I said, like your monthly, daily thing. Mm-hmm. What I would suggest for those of you who struggle like me is to really do your research. And if you are to see a doctor, don't just say yes to everything that they give you. Um, I think you need to watch out for yourself more than they watch out for you because they're just doing their job and they're going to go by the book because that's how America is. Mm-hmm. So really do your research. And if they tell you, I'm going to put you on this, be like, mm, what, what are my other options? And really take care of yourself and don't let them just tell you what you have. Like, look for a second opinion and a third or maybe a fourth if you need it. But don't just struggle with the pain because it's not normal. Yeah, that's actually really good advice because I know that some of my family members have like some health issues and they've been offered some medication and doctors are just like, oh, like you need this and you have to take this. And they literally will do their research and they have all these side effects like the medications mm-hmm. that literally can possibly make you feel worse than how you do right now. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I have a lot of family members who do that and then they do other research and they find other medication or other methods and then they talk to their doctor and they're like, hey, I found this other thing online. I think this will work best. And mm-hmm. they literally will give them that medication. Yeah. So it's like we, we need to remember that like, doctors like you said are literally going by the book but yeah. everybody's body is so different yes and yeah i agree i with hope everything goes well dude thank you it should i trust my doctor she's really nice she gave me an explanation of every little single thing they're gonna do i love then, when they do that yes me too and she writes really nice so i'm able to understand what she said mm-hmm. which is surprising for a doctor I know, like, when they prescribe you stuff and you're just like, this literally looks like scribbles. Yes, I don't know how the pharmacists are able to understand. I know, they're probably giving everyone, like, bad medication, like, the wrong one. <laughs> they're like, I don't know. Maybe they have a system. Maybe they understand each other. I'm sick of that system. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> What's it called? Um, 
Okay, so we're going to end off soon, but a really quick fun detail about Tanya and I is that we love skincare. Yes. I put Tanya onto skincare. <laughs> and I put her onto nails. Yes, I've been getting <laughs> acrylic nails because Tanya got me into them. But, okay, so Tanya, what is one skincare product that you want to recommend or that you've been loving lately? Oh, that's hard. Okay. I know. Um, Just for the record, everybody, Tanya and I, like, we use the serums, the eye cream, the moisturizers. Yes. It's so bad because I have so many right now. But I would say... <laughs> uh, all of them i really like my vitamin c let me look at it let me tell you what the brand is and so it's it has it helps my scars a lot i do be getting a lot of pimples like hormonal pimples and so on um so this is a vitamin c like the ocean c s e a dot beauty so it's a Mm -hmm. dead sea mineral and vitamin c serum um, so it balances all skin types, brightens complexion, and minimizes dark spots, which is what it's been doing for me. So I recommend yeah. it. And make sure that when you do your skincare, you also get your neck and your chest because they age the same. Exactly. Yes. Esther taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of mine is the First Aid Beauty Moisturizer. That one is so You know what's like, crazy? That's what? what I started with. I know. You remember? You yes. It's like the bubbly one that pops and stuff. That's literally yes. what I started with like last year. And now I have a big collection of skincare products and it's really bad. Yeah, but oh. it's also because Tanya and I get monthly like Ipsy bags. But instead of makeup, we do like the skincare. Yeah, we so have managed we like, a lot. to be able to get skincare products. I do yes. recommend the Clinique Moisture Search, it's called. Oh, um, the moisturizer? Yes, it's from aloe vera. It mm-hmm. has no smell. It is like water on your face. Um, it is very expensive, but it was well worth it. Um, I don't Did know you finish how- it? Um, I think I showed you it. It's pink. No, like but did you very- finish it already? The- yes. I'm done. Dude, yes, a while ago because it's pretty small, but it's really good. Like, it is so hydrating for your skin. And I was able to get that with a Korean. I don't know if you know about Koreans and their skincare, but they're amazing. So yeah. they have this um, toning water mm-hmm. that I use with that moisturizer, and it's an amazing combination. Um, all that Ulta. Ulta should sponsor you. <laughs> no, Sephora as well. I literally love Sephora. Seriously. But I I love the the first aid beauty moisturizer because I feel like it's been helping with my scars. Yes. And like reducing my acne and stuff like that. And also if you're a guy out there, you should also be doing your skincare. Yes. Because guys do not do their skincare and you can tell. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know Tracy, I got Jorge into skincare. Before I oh, went brother? to visit you, my brother's 13. He's going through puberty right now. And his skin uh-huh. gets very oily. He plays baseball, so he's in the sun a lot. And he's just been using, like, body lotion on his face. And I'm like, no. So we went to Target. I got him a cleanser, CeraVe. Is that the oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. their moisturizer. They're expensive, nice. dude. But yeah. I taught him how to do it. I told him how to apply it properly. I told him how to dry his face because he is just like 
killing his skin with a towel. And I'm like, you just have to pat <laughs> it dry. And then a little bit of moisturizer goes a long way for your oily skin. So hopefully he's been doing it. I haven't seen him today yet, but we'll yeah. see. It's just, it's like a part of self-care and like your skin like looks better and it's going to yes. like not age as quickly. Yeah. So it gives you confidence Yes, yes, especially I feel like my skin was really, really going through it the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then once I started being more consistent and blah, 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 like it got better. And now it's like part of my ritual, like self-care kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone get That's, on it. I I agree. Listen to <laughs> Esther. <laughs> Listen to Tanya. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's it called? Um. But this is going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much, Tanya, for taking time to be on this podcast. Hopefully you can do it again with me. Yes. Thank you, everyone. I hope you listen all the way through and you listen to your body. Yes, dude. Thank, thank you, you so much again. I'll see you guys next It is next 9 p.m. here. Oh, good night. Good night. <laughs> Have a nice Buenas day. Buenas noches. 